Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody, Gibbs here with number 481 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Belle and Sebastian with If You're Feeling Sinister. If Your Feeling Sinister was released on November 18th of 1996 and recorded in just five short days at the Kava Studios in Glasgow, and it only took three more days to mix the album, which they said took longer than their debut album, Tiger Milk. This was their follow-up to that album, and Stuart Murdoch of the band would say that this was probably the best collection of his songs. The album was released on the label Jeepster, which was an independent label at the time that the group decided to sign with based on the fact that the label was willing to accept that the group did not want to release any singles on this album or do any press or promotional events and didn't want to be appearing in any promotional materials. So the band was very against putting it out there at all and just kind of wanted it to have its own organic life of its own which is kind of odd when you think about it especially being a newer band with this only being their second release and you would think that you would want to put yourself out there and get as much people listening as you possibly could to this album that you've worked on but they just wanted to kind of lay back and they didn't want a label to force them to do anything promotional for the album. If You're Feeling Sinister was produced by Tony Dugan, who had also worked on the band's previous album. This album is classified under indie pop, but I felt a lot of, I don't know if it's a genre, but folk pop in it, as it's fairly simplistic and just had more of an older tone. You would have, if you didn't know this album was released in 1996, and you were just listening to music, it's something that you would expect to find in an older period of music. The cover of the album was a photo taken by Stuart Murdoch of his friend Ciara McLaverty, who suffered from chronic fatigue syndrome just like Stuart did. So... I feel like by taking a picture of that, he was trying to convey that feeling of it throughout. I'll be honest, this album wasn't really one that stood out to me in a certain way and really left a memorable feeling. It is basically just a simple folk pop, as I'm calling it, album. And the songs are fairly simplistic themselves. I do feel like each song does do a good job of telling a story, as the lyrics, if you listen to them, they are going somewhere. They're telling that story and taking you somewhere, and they have purpose. I also enjoyed the added instrumentation that wasn't on every track, but they would add in things such as harmonica or a cello and saxophone solos. And just those little touches alone really made certain parts of the track very enjoyable to listen to. Stewart's vocals in general are very good on this album. He is a 
very clean vocalist, I would say. And his tone is always great, and he sings more in that tenor range, so you get a lot of higher vocal parts with him. The only critique I have on it is sometimes I feel like with his singing style, the songs just kind of fell flat and almost boring. In certain instances, I felt he would repeat a lyric or something, and I wish he would have conveyed a little more emotion when he would do that repeating. And I know that that's probably not his style, but I felt like that was something missing throughout. In, especially on a track like Get Me Away From Here, I'm Dying, where he tends to repeat that phrase towards the end of the song, but he just kind of repeats it in the same kind of higher-ranged monotone way, where I feel like he could have really added some emotion to it, and I'm not talking about screaming or anything ridiculous like that, I'm just saying he could have put a little more into it to differentiate from the last time he sang the line, and I feel like that would have really added a lot to the songs. Listening through, a lot of these songs tended to have the same sound, basically, and not a lot of different elements to the songs with the exception of the tracks that had a harmonica solo or a saxophone solo or something like that. That being said, I think my favorite song on the album was maybe the title track, If You're Feeling Sinister. I also liked The Boy Done Wrong Again and the closing track, Judy and the Dream of Horses. Those were just three tracks that kind of stood out to me as a little more special than the rest of them. But, I don't know, it's just the whole album basically has the same sound. I didn't have a song that I absolutely hated, just because, like I said, most of them, for the most part, sound the same. So there wasn't really anything that stood out as bad on the album. I would say this album is an okay album. I don't know if necessarily it belongs on a greatest list. I don't see it as something innovative or super influential at the time I don't know and I could be wrong about that and maybe some other people have different feelings on that but to me it just didn't stand out as anything I felt like it's something that had been done before and would probably be done a few more times after nothing super special with all that being said, the ranking of this album, I'm afraid it's going to drop quite a bit, in my opinion. I'm putting it back at 491, because I feel like bands like The Stooges and Black Flag, groups like Far Side, they did more things that were innovative and creative for their time, and didn't really put out something that had been done before. So I gotta give them credit for that, and plus... On the album sales part of things, I feel like because Bell and Sebastian chose not to go that promotional route, that maybe the album didn't sell as well. And it was a critically acclaimed album. It was got good reviews, and I understand that some people might feel differently and feel like it had earned its place, but I just feel like these other albums did a little more to influence music and make that real big change at their time and I want to give them credit for that 
So placing this back that far will move Born This Way by Lady Gaga up to 481 for the time being. Which I feel like I have to give some credit to Rolling Stone because this is getting pretty difficult to rank these albums because some of them are fairly good albums and it, it's getting hard to place them. So I can understand where they would maybe have some struggles in where finding them because this is just my opinion and they had a variety of opinions going into this. So I can only imagine those debates and stuff that went on during the making of this list, because I'm having a hard time debating with myself about where things are standing. So, next episode at 480, we have Miranda Lambert with The Weight of These Wings, which is a fairly newer album, so we'll see how that one's going to stack up against the rest of these here. Until then, I'm Gibbs, this is The Rolling Review, stay safe, and be kind. <laughs>